sit here in a good place and you stay, uh, say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down by the footstool. Have you not made distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? And verse 5 says, listen, my beloved brethren, did not God chose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called? If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law, of, by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. Verse 11. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty for judgment. And for judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's pause there and see if we can tie this in. What we, we have discussed in the past, we talked about um, in James is telling us we shouldn't show favoritism based on how a person is dressed. Sometimes we make that um, assumption just because the first time you meet somebody, you said, this is how they look, this is how they dress, and we treat the people differently, and that is wrong. That is very clear. But according to these people that James was writing to, apparently that was happening in their assembly or in their churches. And James is uh, speaking to that issue and telling them it is wrong. Because when they do that, they are, well, not only showing favoritism, but they are assuming themselves to be judged, as if they know the content of the hearts of the individual. And then he went on to say to these persons, why is it that you treat the poor in a way that is inconsistent with the way God treats the poor? God does not make any, uh, or choose to, or treat any person with any favoritism based on what they have. Yes, there are those who might have more wealth than we have at any given time, but that is no reason to treat them differently. If we all come together as God's children, we should have equal access, we should be treated fairly. And um, he even brings out the point that in society sometimes it is the rich person who is the one who mistreats the poor. And so how come now when the poor comes in, you mistreat the poor too, and you yourself are considered to be poor. Uh, this, and then he used the point that God chooses the poor uh, and makes the poor rich in faith. A strange word. What do you think is, meaning, is meant by that, that uh, the poor is rich in faith, as opposed to the rich is poor in faith? How, if you had to be rich, let's put it this way. If you had to be rich and you had to choose between rich in faith or rich in material things, which one would you choose? I don't want to see when you say which one you choose. Which one, which one is more tempting? 
to be rich in faith or to be rich with things. Let's say things would be money because money can buy things. All right? Or you say you have faith, rich in faith. Which one? Do you think the devil uses that strategy today in terms of I'll give you some things, but your faith is poor. You couldn't go to the bank of faith because you have you don't have no credentials. But if you have money, your bank account looking pretty. What about if you had to choose, which one would you choose? Now, I know you all think the setting, and you can tell him what he wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you choose? Faith or money? F or M? No? You think that's what it is? It's obvious so you can tell me the truth, or you're going to try to swing me. It's going to lie to me. <laughs> no? Should, let me put it this way. Let me take the pressure off. Shouldn't you choose faith? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Shouldn't you choose faith? Um, these people may not have been choosing faith, you know, because they were treating the rich man. Why do people do that, though? Why do they sometimes treat other people? Like people who, they, who might have clout, more wealth. When you're with them, they tend to be treated differently than the person who may not have any wealth. Why is it that humans tend to do that, to treat people? You have money, you do not. So I'm going to be more friendly, buddy-buddy, smiling with the one who has, and you don't have anything. Hi, bye, and that's it. Why do we do that? Any suggestions as to why people do that? Envious of the rich, what the rich has. Uh, that's why you, should you treat them kind because of that? You think, say, hey, I like you. The poor person, hey, get out of my face. <laughs> No? You want something from the rich person. You want something from the rich? Maybe you think if I if I get close to them, maybe they'd give me something. Yeah. You know, they say, hey man, hold on to this two thousand dollars. You can keep it. What? You know, okay, yeah, boom, okay. I can, we'll, I'll come back tomorrow. You say, but you, you say, but I don't have to do that. Yeah, but, but thank you. And they run away, use that, and then they come back the next day. Oh, hey, you're not gonna, you know, any more money coming there? Or something else, you know. That's true, they want some. Any other reasons why we might tend to do that? To treat the rich differently, where we are told, don't do that! But some people still do it. Say, oh, you're disobeying scripture. Uh-huh. To get on their good side, so it's like, I know this person, yeah, like so you're accepted yeah. among them. Ah, so for, for, this is something to do with like um, social yeah. class kind of thing in terms of say, who do you know? I know him, we, we tight, you know, we close like that, you know, and he has all of this clout in society. So, and he's my friend. Oh, I talk to him all the time, you know. But who do you talk to? The dog. <laughs> the dog, you know. So, so we sometimes treat, you know, that hey, I, I'm, I know this person, so, you know, it gives me some sort of prestige to say that I am in this group, I hang out with this group of people. Who do you hang out with? Under the tree, you know, with what's the name of the dog? If any dog have a popular name for dog? Any uh, pot cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that's how sometimes people treat. And these, these rich people, according to the, script, the, the example you see, yeah, these are the people who, when the poor couldn't, I guess, meet their obligation, these are the same rich people who would take them to court to squeeze them to get everything from them. You know, and if you couldn't pay, then you'd be thrown in jail. 
And yet when these rich people come strutting in your presence, you go running to me, how can I help you like a little dog? You know, and then you take them up to the front seat and you tell everybody, make a space for them, because they're sitting down, they have on nice clothes, they have on all of the jewelry, and you know, and you say, thank you. And then here comes the next person, comes in, the poor man, and you look at him, look at his dress, say, hey, you stand over there. Mind you, there's space over there for him to sit up front. You know, but you don't want him even sit. Stand over there, and if you think that standing may draw attention, you say, sit down on the floor, in the back, not on the little stool, on the floor, because he says next to my footstool, and the footstool is something you put your foot on. And you tell him sit on next to that, not on it. Wow, that's treating him bad, and that's being prejudiced. That's showing favoritism. And James is saying, don't do that. And besides, he's a matter of fact, he says, by the way, how would you like for God to treat you? Oops, that's a different kind of story. You know, suppose God was prejudiced. Suppose God showed favoritism. Tell me, what is it that God would, what is it about it about you that God is so intrigued about? What is it about you that impresses God, that God is a wow, she or he is my favorite? Based on what? What would God see about you? What's the modesty come out now? This is being recorded for modesty purposes. What, what is it that is so special about you that God is saying, look, she's on my team. Yes, the way to go. What is so special about you that God has to choose you and call you his child? Hmm. 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 Nothing? Watch this sneaky question. Um, didn't God make you? So, so shouldn't he choose you? Yeah. So, so he just can't help himself, right? He's just so enthralled about you. God is like falling head over heel every time he thinks about you. And so, hey, I'm a special child. So he has to treat me differently. Well, who else is not his child? <clears throat> well, we are here. We are. His, well, you could be. You can be God's child in two ways, right? Because of creation, right? And then because of redemption. There are some people who are not redeemed. True? Possible? There are those who accepted him as their savior, Jesus Christ as their savior, and there are those who haven't. So those who have been called born again, they had two birthdays, yes, one from their mama and one from their papa. I mean their heavenly papa. Right? So you've been born of the Spirit, then you're born by your mother. Those who've only been born by the mother, still that is God's creation, because God created everything, including us. So yeah, you can say, yeah, I'm his child in that sense. But you haven't accepted what um, Christ has done for you and making provision for you to have a personal relationship with his Father through him um, by accepting what he did for us on the cross. And so you are not his child in that respect. And so, when I say or ask the question, then why is it that um, the, the God should treat you differently, or does He? If we imitate God, can you think of anything in Scripture, all of the stories written in the Bible? Can you think of anywhere where you thought God was prejudiced? Isn't He prejudiced? So when you are choose to be prejudiced, you say, "Oh, God did it, so I can do it too." Can you cite? Can you think of an example where that was true? Uh, is it true? You think God is a little prejudiced? Curry favor, we say. Mm -hmm. Watch it now. I'm only asking the question, so if he's answer wrong, watch over lightning. I just don't get any extra <laughs> shock. <laughs> no? You're scared to say that. You think you're listening? Well, I'll pass and see if you can email this to God. You know, I don't know what you say. God is not prejudiced. Yeah, right? 
what talks about what about people who say, look, yeah, I may not show favoritism. Is it possible that we can treat people in a way or sin? Because it says that when we do that, we are sinning. But somebody said, well, I don't show favoritism. Is it possible not to show favoritism but sin in another way? And then you say, I'm okay. Because this thing is important. It's, at least I treat everybody fair. You know? At least I don't tell, they can't tell that I'm treating them differently, but I don't like certain people. But God knows. Alright? So do you think that should get, you should get away with that? What if you say, well, here's an example when answering that. What does it talk about this royal law that says, if in verse 8, that says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Oops. Neighbor as yourself. That's the royal, as if it comes from the king. What the king say you have to do? Royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. The assumption is that everybody loves themselves, right? We talked about this in the past. How how do you demonstrate that you love yourself? We gave some example last time. How do you demonstrate? How do you, well, first of all, do you love yourself? And the answer is, yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you treat yourself as a, that shows that you love yourself? What do you do for yourself? So I know how do you, I don't know what color your love is. Hmm. Do you love yourself? Well, let me, let me, do you believe that there are some people on the planet who do not love themselves? Yeah, there are some people who do that, right? Why is it that some people don't love themselves? Why do people do that? Have you ever met anybody or heard anybody talking about it? And they said, I don't, they either be talking about themselves or they will talk about, this person says they don't love themselves. That's so sad, you know? Or would you jump in and say, I agree with them. If I was them, I wouldn't love them either because I don't love them now. What? Ooh, that's cruel. <laughs> That's painful. But, but have you ever heard anybody or know anybody who you believe really don't love themselves? You haven't ever met I'm, I'm, somebody real, not on TV now, hmm. on radio, because people who say that on TV, when they finish, they're just going to get paid for that, you know, to, to convince you that they didn't love themselves. And they go to the bank happy, smiling. Skip to the bank, skip to my loo, my darling. That's an old song, yeah. Um, you don't know anybody. That's nice. You, do, you, you know somebody? You heard somebody say, you, this person's still alive? Wow. <laughs> oh, and they don't love themselves. This is crazy. Oh, wow. Some people don't love themselves. But you, um, um, what do you think, for those who might get, what do you think may cause that in a person? What would cause a person not to love themselves? Low self-esteem? But, but where does self-esteem come from? Is it something you go get from somebody? Or is it something in you? Is it growing in you? Or is it determinant? Is it decided on what's happening outside? And somebody has to come pouring it into you. Is that something you get from outside or that's an inside thing? Do you have self-esteem? Some people get steamy, I mean get hot. I got that kind of steam, right? This one. <laughs> Self-esteem, low self. If your if, you, if your esteem is low of yourself, um, you tend to say, "I don't like me." It's a, it's a self-esteem issue. Okay. Is there any other reasons why somebody might not like, no, not love themselves according to scripture? When we are told, "Love your neighbor as you love yourself," I wouldn't want to say that to the person who doesn't love himself. 
because they say, love your neighbor like I love myself. Well, child, let me tell you something about myself. You know, if I had to go, some people even commit suicide. <clears throat> Why do you kill yourself? Because I love myself. So the person who killed himself, do you think I should say that love is? They think they say, look, if I can kill myself, I can kill anybody else. Because I have no value of my own life. And so I have no respect or no value of anybody else's life. So I'm only following what the Bible said. Since I don't love me, I don't love you. You know, since I can kill me, I can kill you. So some people do that in reverse. They kill the other person and then afterwards they kill themselves. We've heard about that often, too frequent on, on TV more so. They, they hurt other people, kill other people, and then they commit to it, then they kill themselves afterwards. Wow, that's tragic. And the pain that they leave behind from those who we call innocent people. How is it that no one was able to talk to this person, to get through them, their mental and say, look, what you, what's going on in your head? What are you thinking? How do you feel about you, about what's happening? What about, how did you, you weren't born that way, feeling that way, but you, you keep going and other things keep pouring in, and then eventually you have this, you form this view of yourself, and maybe there's no steam coming in from self, or at least very low. Could it be also dangerous, better? Could you have too much self-esteem? Could you get an overflow, overflow and becomes, is it, is it bad? You ever, you ever met anybody who had too much? <laughs> yeah. And you, have you ever told them and say, hey, you, you're leaking. <laughs> you, you have too much. This is flowing. It's dripping all over the floor. You have too much self-esteem. As a matter of fact, it's, it's offensive. You know, you, you, you're polluting the air. You have too much, too much self-esteem. You, you're killing me. You're, you're suffocating. You're choking me. Would you, you haven't met anybody like that? You do? Do you find more of them as opposed to the ones who are less, too little? Or there's generally a balance? It don't know. It could be both, but we tend to see the people who use it. I don't understand. Say that again. You tend to see it might be equal. There might be, be people with low self-esteem, but you necessarily won't go in right away until you talk to them and okay. see what they think about themselves. But those people who are more arrogant. Oh, you say yeah. arrogant, yeah. which is synonymous with too much. Yeah. Ah. But, yeah. yeah. Because to those who are too, who have too much, they let everybody know. Yeah. They have a lot, you know, and they just walk through and say, hey, I'm here. <laughs> this is me now. <laughs> you know, I have steam plenty, you know, and it is self-esteem. It's all about me. Check me out. And there is a, not again. Can I leave, please? Uh, no, this, this person is too full of themselves. Wow. And then the one who is not full of anything, they're just trying to catch their breath because they can't hardly breathe. So low self-esteem, you know. Um, you probably don't notice them because they tend to be pushed in the shadows or in the wings. And people tend to miss them. And some people, again, the person who has over or too much self-esteem will tend to walk right over those persons. You know, figuratively speaking, they don't get any attention. You know, and the person feels so left out. Nobody cares. Nobody loves me. Wow. How do we put this in the crowd? Because if we, by the way, we need to figure out who the neighbor is, right? Who's your neighbor? Again. Anybody who has a body is your neighbor? <laughs> what? Is that good? Is that true? Who is your neighbor? Because if you say, you say, yeah, I, I, I would like to love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? I need to find my neighbor so I can love my neighbor. So love your neighbor as anybody? Well, let's see if this is true. Let's see if we can have a big fight in Bean Town. Let's see if this is true. 
Does everybody agree with that? Anybody? Really? Is your neighbor? <laughs> let's, let's get down. So, so who? I need to know who my neighbor is, so I can say, Lord, I didn't know who my neighbor was, so I, I, I didn't love because I, I didn't want to miss and love somebody who was not my neighbor. So, so who is my neighbor according to this verse? Who is my neighbor? Because I want to love my neighbor. I want to do what you tell me to do. But who is my neighbor? You think you can go and try that between before God? Say, God, I didn't know my neighbors. I, they asked, and I, I was lost. So, so please forgive me. I, I didn't love nobody. Only me, myself, and I. Only, only the three of them. I love. What? So, but, but, you know, I, I was asking, and I, I couldn't find. I looked in the dictionary, you know, and Webster said something, but I never met that person. You know, who's the neighbor? Person who lives next door. Or other side of the road, street from you. Is that your neighbor? Yeah, I guess. Is that the only person you must love? Mm. Who is your neighbor? Oh, I get another thing. Well, you were going to make a comment. It's, it's everybody. You know, in the passage, it, it's specifically talking about the poor person. The poor. Uh, Who's love rich people, by the way? That's what it says, right? Don't love rich don't you know. oh, because the person is treating the rich person well but neglecting the poor person. So uh, he's supposed to love his neighbor as himself, so that includes the poor person. So just as how he's treating the rich person well, he's supposed to treat the poor person the same way. Mm. So you think the rich person was his neighbor? Yeah. There's a vote. One to two, two to two, two to seven. Mm -hmm. Neighbor. I wonder what excuse when God asks you to do neighbor, you're going to say, Who oh, is my neighbor? Uh, everybody. Is there, which kind of people we should not love? Let's put it away. Is there a kind of group of people that we should, and I'm saying we because I, I'm talking as, as Christians, what kind of people Christians should not love? What color do they have to be? This is nice how we recording this. You're kind of negotiating, or you're creating a color. What? Color people, we, I mean, what kind of people Christians should not love? And, and you have to have biblical basis for it, otherwise, I'm going to ask you where you get that from. You know, so, so who should we not love as Christians? It's amazing how loud that clock You should love everybody, right? That's a question. <laughs> I just asked a question. That, that, that's just called ricochet. It's just, it's just bumps question back. Because you want me to answer. You should love. Who says that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but they should have everlasting, everlasting life. Hmm. Your thinking is so loud. Mm -hmm. 
who should you not love? No one. You shouldn't love anyone. <laughs> you see that? She said, sit on the house. You gotta watch her. You say, anyone or no one? Who should you not love? Satan. Hmm? Satan. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Satan. Who has a smart answer? Hey, don't love Satan. Hmm. He's the only one. What about his gang? He got a little gang, you know. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So comprehensive, you know. Wow. I hope you can recognize. Because some of those, I understand sometimes Satan can be a little tricky in terms of how what he comes. Sometimes he doesn't come and say, hello, my name is Satan. Like, good to meet you. I don't think he likes to tell the truth. If he figure out something that you like, he might come disguised as something else and introduce himself as something else. You think that could be it? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no. Okay. Got to be alert for these things. Anything is possible. Right? But, but you have to watch out for what he's saying. If I treat other people with some degree of prejudice, Scripture tells me that that's sin, very clear. We can't find an excuse around that. And the assumption is that we, love, we should love ourselves. Most people do. Most people. And maybe some people put too much stock. Or, or like say, is it possible to overlove yourself to the point that you become selfish? It's all about me. I don't care not a lick about nobody else. Not a little tick. It's me, 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 me. And he said, the person is rude, arrogant, mean, selfish, not selling fish. They, they may smell like old fish, but they still, they have too much in themselves and they have care less about other people. That is sin. Verse 9 says, but if you show partiality in your, you are committing sin. That's clear. Which part that that says you didn't understand. And uh, convicted by the law as a transgressor. You have transgressed the law. And the law says love. And you don't. Because you showed partiality. So you're guilty. Wow. You don't take that to no Supreme Court. You don't appeal that. You know, God's law. He says guilty. And he says, I don't like that verdict. So who do I now? I take this to another court. Well, which court? could overrule God's car or law. You say, oops, the Privy Council, how about them? Yeah. Oh, come on, you say. They don't work, has no application. Verse 10 says, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. The, the law, the whole law. Is it possible? If you take the whole law, looking at a whole dish, plate, saucer and you just miss and chip off a little part of the saucer could you say that you didn't break the saucer it's just it's just a little piece they ain't broke i don't complain me i don't get a little piece come off it ain't too bad right so you could say i'm all right it's a good it's a, it's a whole plate is it what do you say Missy if you'll sell that. You, if you were wanting that love in the store, you'd probably find and say, there's something wrong with this place, huh? Yeah. I don't want that. You'll have that on the shelf. Take it off the shelf. You know? Or if you really want it, you say, I want a discount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a gift. What's the price of the one that is whole and nice with no defect on it? They say, that's $100. <laughs> All of that. But this one has a little chip on it. And you say, hey, excuse me, this, this one has a little defect. Um, how much for that? Hundred dollars. Uh uh. This ain't the whole thing. Uh uh. I want discount. I want big discount. 
75%, you know, you negotiate trying to get the best part. Because even though you, the whole plate is not sharp, but one piece, you still, the plate is broken. The law, and it, and it uses something like, like a chain as an example here. It's like, if you have a whole chain, and, and at some point, one link in the chain is broken, would you say that the link is broken or the whole linkage, the connection is broken or would you suggest this little piece? Uh, you know, that ain't too bad. What, what would you say? But if the link breaks, the chain will come apart. But I ain't break all of it. Just, just, uh, this, 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 this part is important as that part. It's no longer complete chain. Huh? It's no longer complete chain. It's no longer complete chain. It's just a weak link in the chain. The person who says, I don't worship idols, but I commit adultery. So why are you bothering me? Adultery, idolatry. This almost sounds similar. But I don't worship things and animals or other personalities as my God. But I commit adultery. Am I still going to be a transgressor? A person who breaks the law? Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Do you know anybody who has never broken the law? How about the Pope? Jesus. He's the only one? Oh, man. Uh, who else? Who's the, who's the only two person who's never broken the law? I'm going to that fits mode now. <laughs> Only two? Jesus and. <laughs> Jesus is God. Jesus and. Never sin. Mary. <laughs> why, why say this? I mean, come back fast. <laughs> you, you're so good at cooperative learning. I'm going to make myself a little bit Let me see if I can convince you. Yeah, don't you think Mary is never sinned? Holy Mary, full of grace. Bless my boyfriend's handsome face. <laughs> That didn't have a go. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's not it. You you believe Mary has never sinned? I just want to collect data because we can hold on this Mary. You're still holding on to Mary. Right? You 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 put that. She said that. You know. It's safe for that If you said the Bible, we have to find it. You know because uh, you start looking. You know. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I'm still going through. Um, Mary, you think? What do you think, Mary? What do you think? Do you think she messed up once, twice, three times? No. <laughs> well, what do you think, Mary? You think she sinned at least one? Gabriel. you a few times. Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. Never sinned. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I think Gable is one of those people whose name is you know, Gable and the boys. Yeah, Gable's and his gang. Those are the angels. So those angels who are in heaven, they never sin. We can agree that, right? So, so, so we can say Jesus and the, the, the angelic host in heaven. Yeah? They, that's a two grouping. Well, Jesus is a group, I've been called of God, you know, the, the Trinity. <laughs> um, that, that's true. But then we have Mary sneaking in here, you see? Mary, Mary, I gotta get Mary out of there. Yeah. I gotta figure out Mary. Um, Mary's never sinned. But she says she's not sure, you know, and she brings this to court. You know, her witness, you know, is not credible. I hope they don't Google that. <laughs> you know, because YouTube is telling you everything nowadays. And so, you know, I asked somebody something about uh, something else, and they said I have to check YouTube. They said, why are you going to YouTube? You know, YouTube tells you everything, you know. Okay, that's your Bible? I said, just what I'm asking you could be found in the Bible. They still say, they still say YouTube. So how do you spell Bible? Why are YouTube? YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this <is> crazy. <laughs> but uh, um, the, the person who was being, uh, uh, I guess, partial in their treatment of other people, and scripture is telling you whatever it is you do, when you do that, you're sinning. And you can't get around that because the mandate is, the directive is, love everybody. And according to Romans, in the book of Romans, it did say that all the short people have sinned. Remember that? No? I mean, I'm, it didn't say it like that. All short people. I mean, no. It's in Romans 3.23, what it says? For all have sinned and what? Oh, that's right. Sure. <laughs> oh, oh, they come short of the glory. All right. So in other words, whatever that glory is in terms of the awesome majesty of who God is, all human beings could never reach that, attain that. So they, they were falling short of the expectation. In other words, the target God is set for people, humankind, humanity. All humans have failed that. But I'm not sure about Mary. What do you say? You think Mary was the exception? because she was human, then that means Romans 3 and 23 eh, made a mistake. It says, for all have sinned. All, all what? All humans? Or most humans? All humans have sinned and fallen short, including Mary. Hmm. Do you remember Mary was trying to tell Jesus, don't do certain things, right? And Jesus uh, said that, that's what I came here to do. I supposed to do that. Did she sin? Oh, she, so she's, she's just a mother. You can't blame mother for that. She just loved her boy. She wanted to make sure he's okay. He didn't get hurt, you know. And so she was just speaking from a mother's heart. Oh, come on, get off Mary's case. Give her a break, you know. Stop putting that kind of pressure and label on Mary. So was Mary a sinner? Oh, every time you see a picture of it in a certain religion, Mary has a round halo of blue light over her head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she did too. She did too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sinless Mary. Yeah. Well, that ain't, according to the book, you know, it, it, ain't, it ain't there. So, so uh, Mary, Mary, you, you included. It says, uh, so, so speak. Uh, and so to act, so those who are to be judged. So in other words, conduct yourself as if you too are on trial. So in other words, 
be fair, you know, because we are also guilty, you know, because we have sinned. And do we want God to treat, well, sometimes some people say the prayer, our Father, who are, and then, uh, then he says, forgive us as we forgive, what's the, what's the rest of what's the final word? Those who trespass against us. Forgive and, and lead us not into temptation. But it depends on the size of your butt, right? It didn't say but. but deliver us from evil. Um, but if we say forgive us, us we forgive. You didn't just say forgive us of our trans what our transgression. Right? But as we whatever it is we transgress, to transgress means to go off. You've been supposed to be trans, you're in transportation, trans going this way, and you're going off. So you're off, transgress, you're regress, you're going back. You got off the path. And some, and they're saying in that um, Matthew 6:13, is in that vicinity, that forgive us as we forgive others. So if we do not forgive others, then we say to God, don't forgive me. Oh, what a scare. You know, you say, God, and there's some people I can't forgive her. I will never, some people you say with a little bit of attitude, I will never forgive him. I will never forgive her for what they've done to me. Huh? What has anybody ever done to you? Well, let me ask you. What is it that somebody could do to you that you will call the unpardonable sin? You say, if they do that to me, I will never forgive them. You hear me? I will never forgive them. <laughs> That's what some people get, they get right in your face when they say they want to go all their eyes when they say it. So, so what do they mean by that? By what kind of what what could that be that somebody would say that that if you do that I will never you hear me and they repeat it and they do it with the head down and they go up <laughs> what, what 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 is it if they kill you you know you, that's what you're going to tell them at least you can say it before you die you know you say, if you kill me I will never forgive you you hear me. They can check you right. They can check you, but you ain't got that. You can write it right there. You're going to come back to the room. I'm like, oh, that's good. I look around. I look around, and come back and say, oh, I forgive you. I want to pull your toe when you're trying to rest. Maybe someone else. That's the only condition that you will never forgive somebody. What can happen to you? What could possibly happen where a person, you, personalize it, would say, I will never forget. If this could happen, I'm not saying it would be easy. I'm just saying the person is very fast and easy. They determine it will never happen. I, and I, I understand what the Bible said. I accept that. But this is one of those areas I am prepared to die with. You know, I, I don't, in other words, they're saying, without saying verbally. I don't care what the Bible says. If this person does it, I will never forgive him. Never! Now what kind of, what could that be that somebody could do to an individual where they will use those strong language and say, I will never forgive What, 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 what are some examples of that? Could be? Yeah, 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 example. Two examples. Two? Oh, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two examples. If it's a petty person and you track them down, yeah, yeah, yeah. then they can take that again for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. Well, if it's a, if it's a, um, a friend, for instance. <laughs> 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 
Oh, that's a new word. Please let me write that down because I do have it on pet. Maybe I can make up words to describe these things. Okay, good. Oh, this is like John having a vision. Yeah, okay. It was an unbending person. Yeah. Judge my face. Okay. Um, <laughs> then if they like, shoot you and like they don't die, that's the end. Yeah. That's what some examples. That's an example of what another person <laughs> might do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if someone tries to kill you, then. Pretty much, but then you don't die. It just like the, like, the wound the, is there. Yeah, the wound is there. And every time, because you're conscious like, of it. With the, the bullets still there. Yeah, left to mark in you. Yeah, maybe maybe paralyzed is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you say I used to be able to walk. I got shot in my back, and you know who did it? That same person on TV smiling, jumping around, doing this thing. The young service time in court, you know, uh, in jail, and he's out, and now he has it. And then he. And so you you look at do you go and visit and says hi friend. Exactly. <laughs> I hope he did. Do you remember, remember David said that about somebody? And David says, I, God, I pray that you knock their teeth out. You know, remember that in Psalm? David was praying straight. David was not hiding nothing. David says, my enemies, they're trying to get me. And he's being serious. He said, knock, not, nah, he, to take your teeth out, that sounds painful when it ain't shaky. You know, <laughs> you know somebody knocked it out, that's just the pain of that. You know, and that's what David wanted God to do to his enemy. Wow. So David, you, you, you're hurting right up in here. You know, <laughs> so David, he's a man, but he was just speaking as he, he's in this difficult place, you know, uh, being harassed, you know, being chased, failing. God, where are you? I said, God is so distant. God isn't responding. He's not picking up his call. He's not answering his phone. God was not on YouTube or Facebook. So, so he's not responding. No answer, no feedback, you know, no Twitter, you know. And so he's got Twitter. <laughs> but that's where he was in that place. But it tells you how real it was for David. It wasn't pretending to be always spiritual because we also have our moments when we are not. If everybody knew, he said, but that's not God. You didn't act. You're not acting. You're not thinking. You're not behaving in a godly way. And so we are all guilty at any given point in time. And so, and then we'd still like to ask the Daddy, God, Father, I'm sorry, I didn't behave well today. I just said something that was wrong. Would you please forgive me? And I sincerely believe that we are genuine in our request at that point. And we would like to know that we will be forgiven when we ask in faith, genuinely. But then God has also given us an assurance that when we do that, He will forgive us, right? Remember that in John, First John, when he says that if or when you sin, and you to confess, he says that God is faithful and that He is just, and He will forgive you. Well, that's good to know. But then I, but, but but wouldn't you like that to happen again in your own family when you do some other wrong to a family member that you can go back to the family member and say, "I'm sorry," and you know because of the family ties that they will forgive you. Yeah, it did hurt when it happened, and there's that sense, but to come back and say, I'm sorry, that I was wrong for saying, not saying, doing, not doing, whatever it was, it offended, it hurt you, and I'm sorry. So you can move on. So let's, let's start again. Good. And so the relationship has become, I think, more entrenched, deepened, stronger. 
It is those that are lose way, always flying off the handle, people who practice flight training, you know, flying, rowing all the time, as we say, cat and dogs. You know, we gotta stop it, you know, but that's how some people live. This is good advice, I think. Um, James is talking, we just happened to come by and sneak upon it and found out what he was talking, so we want to take away from this um, section today uh, what James has been sharing with his brothers, because he called them my brethren. He said, my boys, listen to them. And he did say some things to them. Um, and then verse 18 is the final, and then maybe next time, so we need to wrap it now. And uh, verse 18 says, For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Oh, that's scary. If I show no mercy, no mercy will be shown to me. Well, that's clear. And of course, mercy triumphs over judgment. And any time you say, look, instead of receiving judgment or a penalty, you can put the ace of your playing card, I think the card, and say, mercy trumps it. You say, and that's what we can say, yeah, God, I'm not guilty as charged. Yeah. But I'm asking, please be merciful to me, my sin. Yeah, I mess it again, please. And then he says, okay. You can then breathe easy. Start again. But how many times has God ever forgiven you? Only once, right? Because you only made one mistake in your life so far. And you tell God about it. I say, I was sorry when I said that. Or was it something you did when I did that? But that's the only time. Other than that, you were perfect. Right? Don't say that. <laughs> okay. But that's the reality of it. And that's what that verse is concluding. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And we, uh, as his children, we would like to have that available to us all the time to make that withdrawal and says, God, be merciful. I'm sorry. That's why we go back. You know, and so he's telling us, let's not, not practice this thing with these people been practicing, treating other people with prejudice because of who they are, what they look like, what they sound like, what they smell like, <laughs> um, whatever it is, you know, well, these poor folks. Treat everybody like an ape and treat everybody with Love. Love is the overall cloak, blanket, umbrella, tent through which we must, or lens through which we must see everybody with love, not hate. You know? <laughs> so that we treat everybody one way. And in that way, then, this will be a wonderful place to live. You know, if we can do that in families, in neighborhood, in communities, in society, in the country. In the world, people might think you're already going to happen if that happens worldwide. Say, hey, this is heaven. I won't go anywhere else because this is it. You know, this are it. Better than Disney World. Hey, man, Disney World has a problem by the way, but they're behind the scenes, you know. <laughs> but thank you. But that's where we are to um, want to stop today. And next time, if the Lord allows, we would like to begin at verse 14 and maybe to the end of the chapter, at least reading to the end of the chapter, all the way to verse 26. And let's see if we can sneak in on James' discussion or conversation with the Christians there that he wrote this first letter to. And let's see if we can find out some things that we can use for ourselves today here um, in the contemporary time in which we live. Enough said. Let's close with prayer again. All right. Thank you, Father, for, again, the word. Thank you for the interaction we've had. We pray that we will not just allow these experiences and this discussion to um, just be a passing memory, but that we will 
um, put into practice. We will retain it. We will meditate upon it um, so that uh, we might put it and live it from day to day. And so, or when the opportunity presents itself, uh, we certainly want to treat everyone as if uh, you were self treating them through us. And so that we will not be guilty of showing partiality or favoritism in our conduct towards other people. These things we ask, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.